0: The grip of oppression, I fought for my liberty. I fade with the blood of my people. Freedom has never been free. Now my doors always open, door's always open. to dreamers and, dreamers and friends. Oh, when I'm attacked
1: protect and defend, because
2: my name is America. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is. is Karen Schoen. You are listening to The Prism of America's is. Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. You can find them at goflca.com or .org. Please pay attention to what the Alliance is doing. And if you're not in Florida, it doesn't matter. You can copy our information and apply it to your state. The object is always to make sure that our kids have a complete Truthful American Education. And that's been the topic for a very long time because education has changed so dramatically over the years that our kids are no longer being thought of as your kids. They are now being thought of as they belong to the state. No, they do not they belong to you and it is your job as parents as grandparents to make sure that your children can read write and do simple math and remember what i always say the best gift that you can give to a child is to teach them how to read write and do simple math because that is what will carry them throughout their years and when that knowledge is missing they start out their lives as a deficit and we know want that to happen. We want our children to be the best and the brightest because they are our future. And I strongly believe that. Well, I have some good news for the last several months. I have been talking about uh, the Florida Citizens Alliance and the wonderful things that they are doing to help educate children. And one of the programs that I think is just fantastic is the micro school program. Now, why do I think it's fantastic? Because it gives parents and children the ability to take their kids out of these indoctrination clinics, and to teach them under the idea of America, family and God, that's what makes America great, and that's what we want to keep it. So, the micro school concept is now part of the Florida Citizens Alliance menu. I have asked Christy Divajali to. Join me today. This is her baby. She has come up with the most incredible program, has incredible support for parents that want to get their kids out of these indoctrination clinics so that the people understand they are never alone. You will always have someone to help you. Christy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I have a question I've got to ask you, and that is what motivated you to do this? It's such well, an incredible program.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me uh with you today, Karen. I, I really appreciate taking the time to speak with me. And um, well, uh what's motivated me, I've actually been motivated about this for a, a few a couple of years now. Um, back in 2020, when the world kind of went crazy and you know, the pandemic happened. Um I was working as a children's ministry director for one of the largest churches in Southwest Florida. And I was very, very good at my job, at what I did. And, you know, I, we had, I had a very fruitful ministry, um, was able to grow it and from very, very small numbers to hundreds and hundreds of children each week. And I loved what I did. But, you know, when COVID hit, and like I said, the world went crazy and everybody got sent home. Uh, we got sent home as well. And you know, we started doing things virtually and, you know, not, not only, you know, us in ministry, but our kids, you know, I was, I got, had the opportunity, like so many other parents to sit in the same, in the same classroom with my children and be exposed to what they were learning firsthand and, um, I, I mean, I had always been an involved parent. I had always gone to PTA, you know, been involved in the, in my kid's PTA had. And then once they had gotten into middle school, I joined the, uh, the school SAC or the school advisory council. Um, I mean, even to this day, I'm still involved, um, but I'm involved at a more, uh, district level, but even still, I'm still on my kid's SAC, and she's in high school. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still involved in those things, but you know, back then, I really noticed a very big problem in, in, in in the education that my kids were receiving. And it, it sparked me to get involved in my, um, in my local school, in my local school board issues and, and, and to get involved, to get, get activated in, in, in those issues. Well, I, in, in all of this organizing, uh, yeah, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was standing outside of the school district with a... <laughs> we were hosting our first i hosted our first rally i guess and you know it was just me and like 15 other parents maybe and you know with our signs outside of the school district you know drain the school board swamp and uh you know that was the beginning of of my activism journey well i was having these meetings with parents uh almost every single night because the this was at the time when the governor had now this was fast forward, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here to 2021. And this is when the governor had issued or he, he had uh, taken away the mask mandate on our children and our schools, you know, the the kids got to go back to school and, you know, they got to experience the first couple of weeks with no masks. Well, then out my school district down here in, in Lee County, they decided that because, um, because that that executive order was being appealed that they were going to go back on, 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 on their word and they were going to mask our kids again. Well, when they did this, I was having meetings with parents every single night on zoom and they would last like two hours long. And I was training parents about their rights, you know, their rights as individuals and their rights of their, over their children. And I was empowering them to kind of take, charge and take hold of those rights and stand up for their kids and you know it was just so disheartening because i was uh, in in each one of these conversations i was thinking to myself like we just there needs to be another answer another solution for parents it can't just be to fight the school boards and and, it, and i start so i started looking into some like alternative education solutions even back then in 2021 and i had stumbled across these Pandemic pods, or learning pods, or sometimes they were also called micro, like micro pods and micro schools out in um out in Nevada, and and it really piqued my interest. And there were a few big, larger companies doing it back then, like Prenda and a couple of others. I can't remember what they're called right now, but I hosted a, a Zoom call. And uh, in, in order to like start these micro schools and I presented it to these parents and, you know, like giving them a couple of different options and micro school like providers because there weren't really a lot around back then. But we parents had no idea, like even though I had done this training with them, even though we had talked about it, it was still such a foreign concept that nobody really knew how to really grasp onto it. So it kind of died in the water. And then in my involvement in the school board stuff, um, I ended up running for school board. You know that following year um, in my local school board race, and so it kind of just it kind of just died that whole dream of mine to bring micro schools to Southwest Florida until. Um, so I ran for school board. You know back in 2022 in this last school board race, and uh, I didn't. I I was primaried, so I didn't make it through the primary. Um, and for and that was that that could be an entirely different
2: <laughs> radio interview <laughs> yes. all
1: in and of itself but it that brought would me be. to but that brought me to um you know when i didn't when i didn't make it through the primary uh, i i took some time to just reevaluate things and really just see where my my priorities were at and where what i wanted to do with you know this next Part of my life because I, I knew I wanted to be far away from politics and I, I, but I, but education is still so very important to to me and to my family and you know to the next generation. But I wasn't really sure that I wanted to just go back into fighting all of these school board members all the time and like fighting this corrupt district because even before I decided to run, like I only decided to run because the community asked me to, you know, I I really was of the mindset that our education system is irreparably broken. And, you know, I wasn't really sure what the answer back then was, but, uh, in January of this year, uh, Keith flaw and pastor Rick, uh, pastor Rick Stevens invited me to, to a meeting and it was, you know, myself and a few other ladies. And, you know, it was, they wanted to introduce this micro school initiative that they had uh, that they had come up with, and as I'm sitting here and I'm reading the executive summary, I'm you know it was as if God. I mean, I was just I just remember smiling from ear to ear because it was literally an answer to prayer, uh, an answer that I didn't even remember asking God because it <laughs> I, I, it was just so far from my mind, um, and it's just so, it's funny how how God works in those in those ways is you know, when I, I didn't even know that that was what I needed. And I just knew that I was ready to take that next step in my, you know, in, in my career and in my in what I wanted to do next. And, you know, it, it was definitely God saying, hey, you. I know you may have forgotten about this, but Here's where we're at. And here's what I want you to do next. And it was a very easy decision for me to get involved in this. And I initially started on with Florida Citizens Alliance as an ambassador for this program because, I you know, I didn't I didn't need to run it. I just wanted to be a part of it in any way I possibly could. I mean, I was it's big at their biggest cheerleader And when I went out to, um, so part of, part of becoming an ambassador, and this kind of leads into what I'm sure you you would ask me later, but part of being an ambassador is the training that's involved and our, yeah, and our ambassadors, um, they're, they're consultants. And, you know, when I was invited to, to come on and and join the team as an ambassador, part of that was traveling to uh, Charlotte, I think is where it is the uh, Virginia, and then um, Missouri for two of our two of the part curriculum partner or curriculum providers that we're partnered with. The one in uh, Virginia is the Foundation for American Christian Education, a wonderful, amazing, amazing program. And then the other is uh, My Father's World out in Missouri, another phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal curriculum, and but it was in these trainings where uh, I was just blown away. I mean, as a ministry leader and as someone who has been invested in trying to make a difference in the lives of children, um, for fifty hours, you know, a year in ministry to seeing it played out in forty to fifty hours a week in the in in this demonstration school in in uh, in Virginia. I was brought to tears multiple times because it was everything that I had dreamed of in all of the years that I was in ministry as a children's director, all it was, it was, I was watching it played out
2: every day of the week. So this program is a program that you have put in place with the Florida citizens Alliance that will help parents who want to get their kids out of public school out of those horrific indoctrination mm-hmm. clinics and give support so that they're not doing this alone is that what this program is about
1: that's that's exactly correct you know it's it's not um It's no secret that our public education system is is failing America's students, you know, academically, civically and morally. I mean, we, we know that Florida children are being indoctrinated in a public school system that undermines their individual rights and destroys our nation's founding principles and, and, and family values. And, you know, the goal of Florida Citizens Alliance and our micro school initiative is that, you know, we want to inspire families throughout the state of Florida to educate their children in a biblical worldview. And we want to support the creation of public school alternatives. And, you know, there's nothing that motivates us more than any time we see a child and their parents really take ownership of their education.
2: And this is so. I'm a parent, and I want to take my child out of public school, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to find curricula, and I don't know where to find the books. And what if I tell my child the wrong thing? What am I supposed to do? Is that where you come in to help?
1: It. This is, this is, this actually, that's what we strive to do. We strive to educate parents on their options so they do feel empowered to make the best decisions for their family. And that's why we have our ambassadors and there ambassadors are passionate about empowering families to take control of their kids' education through various alternative solutions. What they do is, you know, they operate as guides and they educating, um, Educating parents and potential founders of micro schools on how simple it is to start their own faith based, liberty minded, self-governing homeschool program, homeschool co-op or micro school. Or, you know, we could even discover another alternative education solution that fits, you know, your family and their needs best.
2: Okay, but I work and I'm a working mom and how do I have time to educate my kids and add that to the menu of things that I'm already mm-hmm. doing? I'm feeling overwhelmed. What do I do?
1: Oh, that's such a great question, Karen, and it's one that I hear all the time and you know, one of the things I tell parents when I talk to them and they're they're talking they're, they they want to discuss, you know, what their public school exit might look like, the very first thing I tell parents is just on if you're unhappy i want you just unenroll unenroll your student enroll them as a homeschool student and then do absolutely nothing for the rest of the school year and i i might be talking to a parent in october i might be talking to a parent in january and i'm still telling them the same thing and here's why we have all and i'm going to use a phrase that keith likes to use a lot we have all been schooled we have been schooled to believe that children need Eight hours of schooling a day, five days a week, they need X amount of hours of math, X amount of hours of English. They, they they need this, this, that. When all of those things are are so are the exact opposite of what studies show children need as far as education is concerned. The average child that is the average first grade child needs no more than an hour and a half of education per day. When you jump that up, to high school level you're talking no more than 4 hours of learning per day anything after that is counterproductive now what do you say to a parent that that works full time and says okay well that all sounds wonderful but you know that's unrealistic you know my i have to i have i have to work you know i can't be at home to educate my kids Okay. Well, I would first say to parents, (laughs) and this is kind of a, this is going to be kind of a little bit of a tough pill to swallow if you've never heard this before. But my first thing that I would say is it's not just our right as a parent to educate our kids and to make educational decisions for them. It's our responsibility. And whatever we, whatever you have to do as a family to make, to make homeschooling an option or, or the only option in your family, that's, that's the, that's the goal that we need to strive to as a society. We need our children back at home with us. The reason our country is in the state that it's in is because our children have been fished out and farmed out to, these, to other people for their discipleship for the last hundred years or however long it's been. It's been a very long time that our kids have not been in the home with us. And and that's because society has trained all of us that children need to go to school for this amount of hours. People need to work for this amount of hours. Now,
2: the only par- people that need that, folks, and I can tell you this from the horse's mouth, are the unions. The, yeah. As a teacher, when I had students, especially those that misbehaved, I never sent them to the counselor for drugs. What I Mm -hmm. did was find out why. And usually it was because they were bored, because they were sitting in a chair and they had finished their work first. And now they had to wait for the last person to finish their work as well. This is not education. Mm -hmm. This is holding people back. It's not allowing them to get to their greatest potential. And what I used to do was find out what, was that child interested in? And those are the books and materials that I gave them. So if they were interested in cars, I'd give them a book about cars, and all of a sudden they'd be able to read. Isn't that amazing? We have to draw on our experiences to be able to do that. But if we don't have experiences, Mm -hmm. then there is boredom. And then, of course, we all know what happens after that. So this program is extremely important. Now, how does the program work, Christy? What happens? Give me a a suppose. What did you do with your kids?
1: Well, okay. so. And and one thing, actually, I'm going to jump real back. For one second, to so something that you had said there, you know, you were a good teacher, number one. So, you know, we don't have a whole lot of good teachers left because the good teachers have left our schools. So parents need to remember that. But even aside from, you know, aside from finding their, their, their most, what they're most interested in, something that our schools are lacking and, and what's really holding kids back is that they're all age segregated. You know, that's it's, it, it's in only in our education system that we ever do things uh, where all ten-year-olds are together, and all eleven-year-olds are together, and all pre-Ks are together. And you know, that's the only time in our life when when we're forced to do things at a, at an age or grade level. Any other time in our you know throughout our our lives, we're with people of all ages. And that's one of the things that I think really makes homeschoolers um, stand out. And our new micro school kids, you know, it makes them stand out from uh from our public school children, to be honest with you. And it's and it's I think why we're seeing uh these micro schools flourish as as much as we are seeing it, because you've got children, and that's it. This is kind of going into your your next the question you had just asked me. You know, in a micro school environment, they because micro schools vary so much when it comes to their teaching and learning models, um, they they have a lot of different age groups together, so it's a multi-age environment. And because of that, you've got younger kids learning from older kids. You've got older kids who are learn who are learning how to teach younger children, and they're learning how to socialize in you know in in a way that they maybe not we're not experiencing at home. So the the opportunities for learning are just so much greater in a micro school environment. And and that is that I believe is going to be the solution to our current education problem are micro schools. And, and so a micro school, for those who are, are, are unaware, a micro school is a small community-based education model that is designed and operated around the educational needs of the students they serve. They typically consist of 10 or less students, an educator, or a group of parents who serve as guides in the learning process. There are a lot of different learning models, a lot of different ways of, of creating um, a micro school. Now, it's not very micro schools. Now, if you were to, if, you, if someone was out there and thinking, well, you know, maybe I might want to start a micro school. Well, micro schools are, they're typically held in homes, or churches or community centers or, you know, other non-traditional settings. Perhaps maybe it's a group of parents meeting at a library or you know, something like that. Uh, but it's where students of different ages are grouped together in, in a multi-age environment. Now, these micro schools, I've seen micro schools that um, don't charge any That don't charge any kind of tuition or fees, but the parents all just split the costs of the curriculum, Um, and then if they decide to hire or bring in any kind of like subject experts, like subject area experts, I've seen that you know where they come in as like tutors and they'll they'll teach the a group of kids like together. I've also seen models where um, parents will like homeschool their kids for three days or four days out of the week. And then they'll all get together for that for, for two or one or two, or they'll get, they'll get together for one or two days of the week. I've seen models where, um, like they look almost like a private school. Like I have, we have one here in, um, we have one here in Lee County. It is for grades fifth, through 12th grade. So it's just your upper levels. And it looks, it, it looks and operates almost like a private school, but it's a micro school because and and it has to do with the legalities of it and, you know, the involvement of parents. So like a micro school is is primarily parent-led. Now what does that ha- what does that look like? It can look like a lot of different things. And that's why it's so important to if you're thinking about doing something like this to just give us a call or email us, you know, that's really the best because everybody is different and every situation is different. And that's why our ambassadors are trained in the different curriculum providers that we have vetted and are offering as alternative education solutions, you know, as easy ones. But we're also, you know, we're willing to help parents or or community members, whoever it is. You know, we're willing to help them with, you know, whatever this looks like for them. Maybe. They're not interested in one of the curriculum providers that we vetted, but they're interested in doing something different. Wonderful. That's awesome. We just want to help get you out of the public schools.
2: And whatever that looks like. That is a wonderful thing. Can you please... Tell everyone where they can find you, how can they get a hold of you, what are your email, what's your contact information, uh, because I am hoping that lots of people will understand what's going on and realize that there are alternatives to the indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. And unfortunately, we are at the end of the segment. However, it is so important, folks, that you get a hold of Christy, that you pay attention to what your children are doing, have them read for you, and you'll understand exactly what we're talking about, because they can't read. And anytime you send a child out into the world that cannot read, they become a slave of those who can, because they are leaving themselves open to somebody else's interpretation of their lives. And that is never a good thing. Christy, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope everybody understands go to goflca.org or com, And look up Christy for the micro schools. She is at Christy at goflca.com. And it is so important if you have any Any concept that you can help, whether it's coming in from a teacher part, maybe you can volunteer an hour a week or two hours a week to help, that's important. These are our children. They do not belong to the state. They belong to you as their parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, and we have to take care of our children don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I'll be right back. See you on the other side.
0: Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a CofixRx Nasal Solution Cleanse. That's CofixRx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRx.com. You
1: wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe air loaded
0: with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free
1: saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com.
0: Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com. And use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD.
1: We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Now in the first segment, we heard about a project that the Alliance is working on and that's an ongoing project and that is called the micro schools. Please get involved. It does not matter how you get involved. If you don't have children and you're an adult, you can do something. And that's what this is about. We need to get our children out of those horrific indoctrination clinics. The other segment that I wanted to talk about everybody thinks Florida is wonderful Florida did everything right Florida 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 that is correct in some aspects, but it is not correct in all aspects, there were several bills that were passed this year, many of them good. Some of them have hidden parts in them that we should be aware of. So I have asked Ryan Kennedy, who is the program manager for education policy and advocacy for the Florida Citizens Alliance. Now, his interest in education started in college when he was interning with the Florida Citizens Alliance. In 2018, he worked on many projects, and I worked with Ryan. He is very incredibly competent. And he worked on the Porn in Schools report. If you have not seen that, It will save you an enormous amount of time and investigation because you can take that list, go to your school media center and see if those porn books are there, and you already have the synopsis of what they are about. They are so dangerous for our children because they skew their impressions and make them into something that they are not. This is somebody else's ideology, not the ideology that you would want for your children, and Therefore, we have alternatives. Now, Florida Citizens Alliance, I have always told you, works on legislation. And passing the bills and getting the uh, legislators interested in the bills and why they should be interested in them falls under the purview of Ryan. And so I have asked Ryan to join me today and to discuss some of the bills that were passed in Florida so that you have a clear understanding of what is expected of you and what you can do and not an expect of your school. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. It is always wonderful to be working with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Uh,
2: Ryan, let's start off at the beginning. And that would be HB1. Uh, that, what does that bill stand for? And what how is it applied? And what should parents be looking for?
0: Yes. So HB1 uh, was the bill number uh, Pretty much, it has been called goes by two names. Really, the Education Savings Account uh, bill—that is what uh, it does—and then the other uh, bill title, bill, you'll hear is a school school choice bill, a universal school choice. Um, I, in particular, it, it really is an education savings account bill, more um, in a school choice bill, but it does do the same function. Um, and and what and what it does is it gives it opens up current scholarships to more people across the state of Florida. So now every single child in the state of Florida um, who's in a public school or uh, in a private school or any any school-age child can now get one of these scholarships, and it's a $7,500 scholarship, and they can use it to uh, to have a child go to a private school or to homeschool your child. Um, and that, that is kind of what the bill does on a, on a high level.
2: Okay, so how does that work to give a child, because I know that was the piece that was always missing, was including homeschooling when scholarships were given out. So how does that work now? I'm a parent and I want to take my child out of school and I am going to homeschool my child. So how do I apply for a scholarship and how does that work?
0: Yes, so the scholarships are if you're a homeschool uh, family, is is going to there's going to be only twenty thousand given out this school year so this upcoming school year. It will increase as the school years go on, uh, but it's twenty thousand for this year, and uh, you're going to have to apply through Step Up, which is the student funding organization. They're the they're the only student funding organization. There's two in the state of Florida. They're the only ones that are handling uh, the, um, ESA portion, uh, for homeschoolers. Um, and so you have to apply through their website and there, of course, are certain restrictions, certain criteria you're going to have to meet, um, in order to, to be in compliant with it.
2: Okay. Can you share some of those restrictions or compliances? Cause I'm still fuzzy on that one. How yes. does the school, how does the school know that I'm working with my child? How do they know what I'm doing that I'm using the scholarship money for the right reason? How, what, what happens? How does that okay. work?
0: Yes. So the way it's going to work is for one, we have to start off by with kind of looking at the, the law as it stands right now for homeschooling, which there's statute in the state of Florida that deals with homeschool families. Um, and it's um, pretty much currently a a child uh, parents a child can do a portfolio which is kind of a compilation a compilation of all the the work that the child did throughout the school year at home. The other, and then you have to submit that to a certified teacher um in your county uh that's the portfolio option the other option is to take a, a test so it could be a state test or it could be a nationally norm test of some other kind that there's 20 approved in florida
2: if it's a nationally norm test then don't they get caught in the loop of common core and i thought common core isn't in florida anymore yes how does that work
0: so yeah so and that that's the interesting thing is so that's the current homeschool law. So this, this bill, HB 1, uh, it puts homeschoolers in a category called a personalized education program. Um, so what that essentially means is you're no longer under homeschool law. Uh, currently, um, the only difference that makes is with the nationally norm test because the, the, the law, this new HB 1, requires the child to take a nationally normed test. So no longer can you do the portfolio, you have to do the nationally normed test. And as you alluded to, yes, almost all of them, except a couple are common core compliant. So pretty much that is going back into the loop of common core in a sense. Um, Unless if you happen to pick the the one that, that, that really doesn't and, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the issue with the bill.
2: That to me is a big sticking point and maybe something we can work on getting corrected for next year, because if we're forcing parents to comply with a, a test, we're back to the same thing that they have to teach what the same garbage is so that the child can pass a test. And that's not education. We're back to the same thing all over again. Not a good thing. I think we should work on that one and maybe change the wording uh, so that the portfolio is back in play. I think that might be the answer to allow the parents to send in a portfolio of the child's work. Um, And isn't it true, Ryan, that kids that are homeschooled are superior to those that are in the public school so um this whole thing of the scholarship kind of throws everything off
0: it's been statistically proven that homeschoolers perform better in any kind of ma- metrics compared to a public school uh, student so that that is that is very true and and uh and that's the reason why again it's great that we're allowing this But at the same time, as I tell many people that have asked me, I always try to tell them, look, you're going to have to take a nationally normed test. And so, you know, the the question becomes and and each family has to sit down and decide whether or not they want to do that. And and I will say on on what you mentioned about fixing that in the future, that is something that we are going to attempt to do this upcoming session is to try to change that requirement. So the portfolio is in place. Or um, to try to get some of these Common Core compliant uh, tests off the off the list, um, so we're, we're we're trying to do that as well. So
2: yes, now also uh, parents. If you are taking your child out of public school and then you are giving them the same textbooks that are used in public school, you're back to the same spot again. Because even though uh, Governor DeSantis said no CRT, no SEL, no alphabet soup uh, learning for our children, it doesn't matter because the textbooks that were chosen were written by international authors, and we have Canadians describing American democracy in civics. America is not a democracy, so we're starting off on the wrong foot to begin with. If you're taking books that are authored by people who are not American, why are we using books that are that required mostly because of the international Probably marketing money that goes to the, um, I would have to say, goes to the district when they select those books. So if you're going to homeschool, don't defeat the purpose and use the same textbooks that are in public school. What you want to do is call Christy and use the micro school where you have incredible curricula that will bring American values back to our students, to our adults, and to our families. Uh, Ryan, you had another bill that was a success, and that was 256. What does, and that was SB, folks, SB-256. By the way, um, the odd numbers are House bills. The even numbers are Senate bills. So that's a little clue as to how you can uh, see whether it comes from the House or the Senate. So what is SB-256?
0: Yes, so this bill actually uh, is is one of the, the major wins, I would say, of the session. Um, and what that is actually going to do is that's going to reform. It reforms um, the teachers' unions, in a sense. It, it reforms all public unions except uh, first responder unions, um, but it, it does include teachers' unions in that in public schools. And the reason why that's important is because currently – all the counties in Florida collect the teacher's union dues out of the paychecks of the teachers that are part of the union. So there isn't a formal, the teacher's union does not have to get involved in collecting their own dues. Um, Of course, this obviously puts burden on school districts. It causes um, them to more money in the process as far as uh, collecting those dues. But more importantly, it really puts the onus Now it's going to put the onus on the school, the teachers union to collect their own dues. And also another part of that bill is if if the, there's got to be a 60% threshold, which means essentially the teachers union has to represent 60% of the eligible teachers um, in the school district. So pretty much that means that if they don't represent 60% of the teachers in the school district, they lose their collective bargaining Right, And they actually have to reapply for it again. So that's really huge, because in some school districts, there probably are going to be school districts that don't have 60% of the teachers in the teachers union. And so that's really great.
2: It certainly is, folks. And remember, I tell you, I am a retired teacher and I am a member of, unfortunately, the UFT, which is the United Federation of Teachers, and the AFT, Randy Weingarten, that piece of garbage, uh, the American Federation of Teachers. The problem is, folks, the money, because I'm from New York, is automatically taken out of my paycheck or my retirement funds. I have no choice. And Florida is saying you will have a choice because you can choose to have the union collect your money or not. And this will put a huge damper on the union's chokehold on America's teachers uh, and I want to give you an example of the way that the unions have left me and how I feel so despondent about the unions. I was on a call the other day because we are discussing uh, the new health plan that's going to be offered. And the man who's opened the call said, today we're going to dedicate this uh, this discussion to so-and-so. Sadly, he just passed away. But his writings, although they were communist, we're so easy to read, and it should be read by everyone. Excuse me? You're promoting the communists through the union? This is what they do, folks. So it is a pleasure to be able to see that some of the states are waking up and saying, no, the unions do not have the right to strangle our teachers and force them into teaching something that is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So that is a wonderful bill, and I am so glad to see that that one is... Uh, has been um, passed in Florida. That was a good one. Um, we have what the other one was, oh, HB 739. Ryan, explain that one. This one's my favorite.
0: Yes. So this bill actually kind of came late in the session. It was a committee bill, um, which means a committee is, is the one who writes it. And what the bill actually does is it requires phonics as the primary reading strategy in all public schools in Florida. So that also includes charter schools as well, which some some do if they're a classical charter school, but a lot of the charter schools don't. And now they are going to be able to, um, they're going to have to teach that as well. And phonics is, of course, as I mentioned, part of the classical education, usually curriculum, but phonics has been linked to help with dyslexia. Um, It's been linked to higher literacy rates in general, people that are taught phonics. So it is it is a great uh, program to be implementing.
2: It is phenomenal, folks. And if your child cannot read, of which more than 50% in Florida cannot read on grade level, I happened to look at the NAEP, the Nation's Report Card for Florida, and it said 29% of Florida students are proficient in reading. 29%. That is horrible. That leaves 71% of Florida's students cannot read. And if they can't read, they can't write either. So we have a travesty going on in Florida, and hopefully phonics will be the way out of this mess. Don't let them fool you, folks. They have put in place a program called phonemic awareness. That is not phonics. Phonemic awareness focuses on the whole word, makes patterns of the letters, not sounds, but patterns of the letters. And the child is supposed to recognize the pattern and therefore be able to read the word. It doesn't work. And I also asked, what happens if the word freedom is never introduced? A child will never know what it is. Phonics takes each individual letter and applies the sound of that letter. So anytime you see those letters in a word, You know how to put them together and sound out the word, and then you are able to read. And it doesn't matter as you get more and more proficient, you'll be able to read more and more, uh, more and more of the words. And that is the idea. That is why phonics is so important. I actually stopped teaching when I could no longer find the older books that taught phonics and taught regular, simple math. And when they changed them to the uh, ridiculous math of carrying things out to the decimal fraction point, making everything so confusing that kids couldn't understand, and then giving them no hope of reading, I said, this is not gonna work. And so that is why I quit teaching. Um, But once you're a teacher, you never stop paying attention to what's going on in education. And this is so important. This is a wonderful bill. Uh, Ryan, are there any bills that we have missed that we should be talking about? What else, anything else that was passed?
0: Well, the other, the other bill that was passed is um, actually HB 1069. That bill uh, is, is an, an addition on to the parental rights and education bill, which um, this bill expanded the prohibition on teaching gender ideology and sexual orientation um, in, in public schools. It now makes it pre-K through um, eighth grade. And I'll put a little caveat on that, um, not related to this bill, but the State Board of Education actually just passed uh, a month ago a new, um, a, new, a new rule that says that now, um, gender ideology and sexual orientation cannot be taught in in schools through any grade level because it actually expands it all the way through 12th grade. So even though that's not written in
2: statute,
0: it is a, it is a rule. So now we have the statute protection of pre-K through 8th and then the rule-making ability through 12th grade. So oh. that is really huge. Um, the and other it- thing to build... Oh, go ahead.
2: You know, I was just going to ask you. This is the bill that everybody was screaming about—the uh, quote, "Don't say gay" bill, which has nothing to do with being gay. Um, yes. This is the bill that you're talking about.
0: Yes, correct. Yes, yes. Okay. And and the other and the other part about this bill that's um, really uh, good too is it it, it actually um, prohibits the forcing of a student to to say a pronoun of another child that doesn't correspond with their biological um, sex. And so that's that's really good because it doesn't force speech, it doesn't force speech on the teachers, it doesn't force speech on the students and it doesn't um, and it doesn't force the teacher to have to tell her students that they have to refer to someone else by a different gender. So that's that's really good as well. Um, and it doesn't, and and one of the things we heard was, well, you're gonna ban, as you said, don't say gay bill. It doesn't it does this does not affect how a student wants to so-called identify as. They can say whatever they want to their friends, but it just can't be in a formal classroom setting. So that's, that's pretty much it.
2: This is terrific because the one who has the most influence on your children right now with this sex education is the teacher. And unfortunately, I think teachers have gone off the rails. Uh, they are no longer teaching the skill set that children need, but they are instilling an ideology that is really meaningless. And folks, when you take away a person's identity, and you take away their ability to create and to invent and to explore, well, there's a void in their lives. And that void has to be filled. And what is filling it is this gender ideology, which is nonsense. And it is just there to divide the populace into groups that they that the leftists will be able to pick on, to, to group together, and to make them into a protected class. I hate to tell everybody, but aren't they Americans? Aren't they humans, just like the rest of us? They're not protected. They're not any different than anybody else we're all the same. We should all be following the same uh, rules. I read an article this past week that I thought was incredible. There was a school in Massachusetts, and at one of the games, they were talking about pronouns, and the class got up and said, our pronouns are USA. I thought that was terrific, and that is a great answer. Uh, We have Two pronouns for two genders, two groups of people, and by saying they and them to an individual, I always, where's the rest of the group? No wonder why they don't know any grammar. So this is what we have facing our schools. Why on earth would we want to subject our children to this utter nonsense just to appease someone else and make them feel happy? At the cost of what? at the cost to our children. And this is something that must be stopped. Ryan, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the segment. Can you tell everyone where they can find the information on these bills and where they can find you? Should they have any questions?
0: Yes, so the information uh, on the bills, you can go to our website, flca.org, there's, um, a number of uh, uh, papers on the bills that we worked on throughout the session. There's also, you can also check out, of course, the My Florida House uh, website. That's going to list out the actual text of the bill if you want to read it yourself. And if you have questions for me, um, you can reach out through the the website and also um, you can find me on, uh, on social media as well.
2: Oh, that is wonderful folks. It is so important that we pay attention to what our children are learning. If they are taught hate, they will learn hate. If they are taught to be a victim, they will become a victim. This is not what school is supposed to do. School is supposed to provide the skill set that will enable your child to be the best that they can be. And the school is failing. Get your kids out of public schools. They do not belong there. Ryan, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and explaining. And if anyone has any suggestions, I'm sure that uh, you would be interested as you're gathering things to get ready for the next session. So I would assume that that would be okay also. If anyone has suggestions that might be added to a bill, what would you think?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. That's how we. The ears and eyes on the ground is exactly what we try to look for when, when, when creating bills. And 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 there's there's I'm sure there's things that happen in an individual school district that we don't know about. And then by by the populace telling me, uh, we can we can address it at the state level because there's other school districts doing the same stuff.
2: This is fabulous, folks. If you have any ideas, clues or suggestions, please get a hold of Ryan and please share this information. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance goflca.org. Please pay attention. We want you to copy the things that are on our website and apply them to your state. If we do not get a handle on education, who will? Uh, This is a critical thing that we have to get on top of. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you again next week.